so we have obviously been part of we have obviously been part of conversations where people don't think that they need a training plan or a training coach uh but the reality is that even as active duty operators we still have training plans we still have training coaches but if you're not already in uh in and as an operator in special tactics where do you go trent where do you go I go to my man, Kevin Edgerton. He runs 18 Alpha Fitness. He's been through uh, a few different selection courses and worked in a few different selection courses. I've, I've personally seen the results of his work in the uh, the Air Force uh, selection process, and uh, his results are amazing. So uh, not only has he been through the courses and knows what he's doing, but he also has all the credentials to back it up. Uh, so he's very educated. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a person I trust not just with me but with my family when it comes to uh, fitness and recovery and all those other types of things. And uh, also, I think... Jiu-jitsu as well, right, Aaron? I think you're the jiu-jitsu guy. He is. Has Kevin ever hurt you? Well, <laughs> he he actually has. Kevin and I have rolled together, so that's the great thing about Kevin, right, is he he literally practices what he preaches. He's out there. He's testing all of his programs. He's working out. If he's not video coaching and he's not doing something by distance, man, he is down in the trenches still. And that guy has had a, a long career. He's a 20-year special forces guy. Uh, ended up being a strength and conditioning coach. And now here he is with with standardized plans for everybody. Like, hey, if you want to go to special forces, he's got that base framework, but he does individualized plans and does individualized coaching for you as well. So it's not just something you're going to buy and he says, hey, you're off and you're on your way. He's engaged literally from the start of your journey all the way to the end. He's got a great track record with getting people ready for assessment selection. And, and like I said, man, there's nothing better than somebody that's actually doing the things that, that you're doing as well and, and seeing from some success from. So head on over to uh, 18alphafitness.com. That's 18alphafitness.com. You can find his entire website. You can also find him on Instagram at 18alphafitness. It's the easiest way. Just hit him up. Use our code one ready. Uh, you can hit Kevin up direct on the DMs and that'll get you a discount. And uh, once again, 18alphafitness.com. If you want to get ready and you want to get into the pipeline, whatever that pipeline is, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Kevin can get you there, and he's got the experience to do so. So go check him out, 18 Alpha Fitness. Wolf Cup, just ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to the Was Ready Podcast. You're in the team room, and we've got Chief Tommy Case back with us for round two. Uh Luckily, or hopefully, when we've released this, we've done it sequentially. So uh, you will have already been aware of all the stuff that Chief Case did during the Hadith Dam, um, being awarded his uh, first Silver Star and all those great things uh, that the TACPs, Rangers, and all those folks out there on the Hadith Dam um, did some pretty incredible things. Like that story, if you haven't watched that or listened to that, Definitely go check it out because it's an awesome story to hear. Um, and hey, what the hell? It's therapeutic for all of us to even talk about it, especially for, uh, for Tommy. So, but that's not your first silver star. You have a second one. So you, I think I alluded to it before, but like you're one of three that have ever been awarded two silver stars within the Air Force. So, um, definitely, definitely want to talk about it more. So welcome back. And uh, any any you know words of wisdom before we even get into this second silver star? Beaches, I'm sorry, no? man. You kind of cut up on me a little <laughs> bit and froze for a second. Oh, did I? Oh, okay. Yeah. No worries. Go right in. Second silver star. <laughs> oh shit! Second silver. Just start talking about stuff. Um. <laughs> so I'd be remiss without mentioning. Um, how that kind of came to be, like how I ended up in that situation, because it's it's kind of unique. And when I look back, it's, it's I look at it, I look on it as a leadership team that looked at a dude, me, and being like, this guy hasn't been responsible for anything but himself, and he's kind of a and he's a, he's been a tech star. He's been an E six now for a hot minute, right? So I I was sitting in, in in doing the Ranger reconnaissance thing for 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 several years, for many years, and um, one of the guys who got uh, a silver star with me on the first one. Um, I mentioned him in, in part one, uh, Eric Brandenburg, Brandy. He, I think he was sitting as the op soup. And then um, um, Matt Schleich, uh, MS, who both those guys, just nothing but respect for, um, was sitting as a squadron superintendent. Um, they came to the RD office, uh, you know, at the, at the squadron there. And they're like, hey, man, we want to send you back to um, the flight and support third range battalion. And, and, you know, it's, it's like the, the, the timing was impeccable because 
I was things like, man, I need to do something like more. I, I need some responsibility. Like I need to learn to be a leader in the air force. I need to learn to be a leader in the military. Like I need to learn to do these things. And, um, I said, yeah, man, like I'm ready to do it. You know, I'm ready to shave the beard. I'm ready for you to put up the uniform back on. I'm ready to get, get back after it. And they kind of looked at me with, with wild eyes, big eyes. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, because a lot of, a lot of the guys would, would fight that. Right. Because they've like, I'm the cool guy. I'm doing the cool guy stuff. I'm doing the, the stuff that I've wanted to do. You know, I was living literally the TAC PF, not just kind of the air force soft dream of that mission set. And, and I think yeah. they were concerned that I was going to hang on to that door jam and not want to leave that office and screaming no. Um, so I embraced it, and and I went across, literally across the hallway. Um, Shade put a uniform back on, all that kind of stuff. And um, they're like, "You're not going to be the um, the flight chief, you know, in charge of all these guys. You're going to be the assistant flight chief. You got to get reintegrated back into the, the cycle and and how third third Ranger Battalion does stuff." After I'd been doing um, Ranger Reconnaissance from, holy shit, man, from basically 2003 to 2008. And that was a long time to be on that team. Yeah. Like, that is, it was like, I don't think people, yeah, fully realize like what the the ops tempo is, what the actual life is. Like, even when you're at home, the training cycle is brutal. It was the, especially as a tech B guy in our, in our community of 1Z, right? Uh, back then before it was that, but for, for us, it was like the criminal, the crim. it was the wet dream of special operations, man. It was, we did I yep. really, really cool stuff, built a really, really awesome resume doing that, doing those types of things. But I went, I went back across the hallway and um, got geared up and, and started re- reintegrating to uh, third range battalion stuff. And, and it was good, man. Like, like everybody hates MLATs. Everybody hates jumping to airplanes at night on static line. Like it sucks. Um, everybody hates landing on the tarmac. Hopefully, you can slip away. But if you're a meat missile like myself, you, there's not a lot of whole, <laughs> whole lot of slip on, um, you know. And I just kind of embrace it. And man, the when I look back as my at my time of going back to 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 that flight, like it was probably hands down the best time of my military life. It was so awesome. The guys that I had were amazing. Um, the, the the chance that I had an opportunity to lead these guys and they're all NCOs, you know, and to lead these guys across several nations when we would deploy and just to be integrated with those guys like that, to me, that's the biggest reward. Um, you know, damn the medals on your chest, damn, damn the chest, chest out, right? Like to be integrated with those guys, be part of those guys was just an amazing experience to me. And, and obviously, uh, as you guys well know, as you guys well know is that uh, they're actually, they're, they're I, I am diehard friends with those guys and I'm fans of those guys uh, till the end of time, whatever that looks like. But, you know, we fast forward, right. You know, um, and it was a challenge and, and I know we're getting to the service star, man. Trust me, we are. Um, you're good. Uh, you're good. You, <laughs> you do. Hey, listen, this you do, is you. one of those you're things just here to you, tell a story. I'm here to shut the yeah. fuck up and listen. You know what yep. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I that. There was a knife hair, hand, knife hand somewhere in there. You know, as, as the four of us all know, the challenge of leadership, right? Especially when you're leading. You know the kind of the challenges of leadership, especially when that when that when you're trying to lead a team of, you might be you might outrank them by a rank or two, but really the challenge of leadership of your peers, right? You're trying to hurt cats, and you know, and I w- we would do things. Um, a guy named Ross Robinson recently retired. Um, he retired as an 04, God bless him. Um, was was a Ranger Tac P enlisted guy, and he was in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan. And, and, and what we would do, as you guys will know, is we go out on the big mission, we hit a target, and we put it up in, in on, on the high side on Sipper there about what the mission entailed. It would go up all the way to, at a minimum to the 720th STG commander at the time, and it might go it might go up to ACC or uh, AFSOC A3 uh, operations lead there or whatever it is, just kind of like a roll-up of what happened that night. And he, and he says, um, he types in his computer, he's in Iraq, he's like, Rolled out on the big mish, and I'm paraphrasing. Rolled out on the big mish, hit a target. Um, I thought it wasn't the right target to begin with. Um, initiated breach, caught the caught the building on fire, burned it to the ground. Realized it wasn't the proper target anyway. Should have called that mission Operation Clown Shoes. And I'm like reading this shit, and I like, like, 
goddamn, dude, like, it's, it, this is fast forward to the East Coast time, right? Like, no, like, you know, trying to get a hold of this guy in Iraq, like, dude, you got to change that. You cannot put that in there. Like, people that matter are going to read this, you know, people that that matter way more than you and I do um, <laughs> above us. You know, he's like, fine, Sergeant, I'll change it, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, man, like, I, I could go through the list of the guys that were in that flight with me and just, I, I have nothing bad to say about them. You know, Pete Muley, freaking um, um, Jesse Tillman, Jim Lurk, an AC-130 guy was the ALO. Like, all those guys are just, you know, just amazing. TJ Gunnell, who's doing his <laughs> Congress thing or whatever he's doing up in freaking um, Washington, D.C. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Andre Vanzu just retired. And all these guys are high achievers, as you guys are well aware of. You know, like, these guys operate at a different capacity than just the average service member. Well, even the average special operator, like those guys are talented. Those guys are talented in a room beyond full of men. talented men. Beyond, yeah. um, just, just an amazing, just amazing people. Right. So that happened around the, uh, mid, mid 2008, give or take. And I, and I deployed in 2008. And what was cool about it is I went back to the strike force at, at third range battalion. So platoon level ops, you know, 40 people plus, you know, 40 of your best friends every night when we go out on a mission, and John Lancaster ended up being the platoon sergeant. He was my former uh, team leader. So I was like, dude, this is awesome. I like, there's familiarity there. I've got this guy that's leading the platoon, and we're also really good. We're, we're bros. So I got there in 2008, went down, went down range, did some stuff, um, dropped a lot of bombs. Well, not a lot of bombs. It was Afghanistan. It was kind of hit or miss, you know. Um, went out in the backyard, waged war in the, in the battle space owners. You know, the conventional army's backyard and made sure that they weren't taking IEDs in the face and, after, you know, during daylight ops and that stuff. And, and, and when we went, got through that rotation, 2009, went back to the same location, Salerno, Kaust, Afghanistan. Um, and it was kind of a wash, rinse, repeat. So we had HIMARS out there. So we were launching, um, we would hit, we we're hitting terror training camps all across the, the, the Kaust Guardians Pass up there in the, you know, the Hindu Kush mountain range that extended from fuck man, from India all the way through Nepal and Pakistan everywhere. And, um, this one night they're like, we're going to go hit this target. And, um, I named my dog. Uh, well, actually I'm going to say that for a minute. So just remind me the just say dog. And I'll remember. Um, got it. I'm your guy. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Thanks buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm here for you, chief. The, uh, it was up. It was up high enough where the the forty sevens, the MH forty sevens, the helicopters couldn't insert a full on force, you know, because of lift and issues. It was it was summertime, so it was hot. Um, so they basically airlifted like eight of us at a time, and they put us in the HLZ up on the mountains, and we just kind of sat there as they did. They just cycled through Salerno to go get more dudes and go get more dudes and go get more dudes till we till we till we established the fighting force, and then we started walking and. I'm probably halfway through the rotation now, and you guys know, man. You guys, you guys go on those rotations, and you just everybody gets skinny, you know. Um, you can tell I have not deployed in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> How dare you? You built like a fire hydrant looking MFU. <laughs> I had, where? Um, yeah. Uh, so we started walking, and what happens is, is every night before or every time before you go on the mission, whoever's going to be put the point man, the guy leading the, leading the, the assault force, you take all our Garmin Fortrex, GP, you know, wrist Garmin's plug them in and download the route for everybody. Uh, so I had this Garmin on my wrist and we're walking and I'm kind of in the middle of the formation and Carmen Bucci is a ground force commander. He's a Lieutenant Colonel now in the army. He was a captain at the time. Like, um, one, of, one of the best people I know, um, uh, so, Karma Bucci, if you listen to this, this is a shout out to you, homie. Um, one of the best people I know, just an awesome dude. And we're and I'm walking in the middle of formation, and um, behind me I have a gal, a gal named Casey, um, a female major, and she was with the cultural support teams that they had at the time. Where um, for the audience, you know, you, you put these females on this team that went through this little kind of selection thing about who they could support special operations, but they were critical to the mission because they could talk to kids and they could talk to the women and, you know, women are comfortable talking to women, especially in that culture of Afghanistan and, and, and just drive a lot of Intel and, and a lot of good things. And, um, it's true. Kids only lie to their parents, man, because those kids would just squawk, you know, and tell you everything about village life. 
So we're walking and, and we take a tactical halt um, up to the target area. And it's two platoons. So I've got Lauren Bell who worked for me, um, a great friend of mine. He's with the other platoon. They inserted first. He's down low in a valley where part of this camp was. And we're going to go up on high on the high ground. And we stopped for a minute and she's like, she's like, hey, TC, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And we were smoked, right? Because it's, it's a steep ass mountain and we're walking up this old Jeep trail thing, man. Like, and I looked and I was like, that's, that's why we stopped, man. Cause I don't, cause, cause it, the fact that you're saying that and this, and this gal's in shape, you know, Casey McGraw, she's in shape. I said, there's a reason why we stopped because shout out to all those, all those CSTs. I worked with them in, in uh, Hellman down in Bastion, like one of the Ranger bats had uh, yeah. the CSTs. First of all, can we all stop talking about women in special operations? They've been there forever. So shut up and move on with your specific life, number Here's one. And then number two. Well, well, true. Yeah. And number two, those cultural support teams, we used to uh, affectionately call them the fembots because they were in ridiculous shape and they were just, they were like robots. They were unbelievable. So were. shout out to those CSTs back in the day. Thanks for that, Aaron. They, they, they're amazing. They are, they are amazing women in, 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 well, let's call it what it is in special operations, right? So she's like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make up this hill. And I was like, ma'am, there's a reason why we stopped because the point man right now is thinking the same thing you are. And by the right. way, I'm thinking the same thing you are because this fucking sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we stopped, and it caught our breath, got our bearing. We started, we continued the, the trudge up. And we stopped again, I don't know, half hour later, whatever it was. And uh, I looked down at my, at my, at my Garmin Fortex on my forearm and I looked at it and I'm like, we're not on the, we're not on the, we're not where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be several hundred meters over on this ridge line coming across. So I, I grabbed Carmen Bucci, you know, we're all, it's nighttime, we're all in our NVGs and everything. And I kind of grabbed him. I was like, hey, sir, we're not, we're not where we're supposed to be. By that same time, the U-28 that was flying Overwatch, it's up. he's like, hey, are you guys planning to not go on the route provided? I didn't acknowledge Great them. input. I didn't acknowledge them. Great input, guy. Exactly. Thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> so I tell... Carmen Bucci, the ground force command, was like, we're not on the plan route. And about that time, just all hell breaks loose. Um, and we're in the low ground. And anybody who follows Sun Tzu and anybody who's got a, got a, got a lick of, co of common tactical sense is, um, if you want to dominate your enemy, you take the high ground. Um, and they were, they've been up there, God knows how long they've been up there. But the way they were dug in in the foliage, we just never saw them on, on when they were building pattern of life stuff up there. So kind of all hell breaks loose. Um, and I remember distinctly that I'm like, ah, here we go. And you, and you guys will know, you know, the ground's picking up in front of you from rounds in front of your feet and, you know, arcs flying off these trees. Cause it was very deciduous and very big forest up there. And, um, I don't know what happened, man. Like I would love to be the guy at the bar to pick up the chick, you know, I have Kathy. I don't need to pick up a chick, but uh, if I was sitting in a park, stories, <laughs> um, you know, I was carrying two radios. I had a, I had a one forty eight embitter and a prick one fifty two, and the and the wires to my one fifty two somehow somehow had separated. I would love to say that a bullet went flying through the air and separated those lines, but I might be a liar. I don't know how those things got torn. You know, maybe it was, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe I got caught on something in my panic, um, and and I tore them. Like I don't know what happened. And I'm trying to call for the gunship to come in, and but I can't get a hold of them because those wires to that that that, uh, that push to talk to the radio were severed. And and instead of me being like a genius at the moment and taking my other radio that's on the command net and the assault net and like rolling it over to the fire net and having that secondary comms, I start thinking like I need to hold my wires together. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe by the grace of God, I'll be able to make comms with with uh, with our angels above us, right? And that's what I did, man. It was stupid at the moment. It was just fucking dumb. Um, you know, yeah, dude. Like, Pete, stop laughing at me, man. Like, laugh with me, please. But hey, uh, I'm laughing with you because we've all been in that that situation where once you take a step back, you're like, why didn't I just? Flip the radio channel why over. I just do this. Like, why what, am I so you know? Got your own internal after action review going on, right? And, and uh, but I did. I held those wires together, and by the grace of God, literally, I firmly believe that. Or whoever your creator is, of what you believe, I don't care. 
is um, I'm like, hey, man, troops in contact, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, as you guys will know, the gunship comes across with this calm, cool, collective voice from the FOCO. Okay, we've got you. And, and, and if you listen to the tapes now, you can hear the crew of that aircraft. I'm like, is somebody trying to contact us? Like, what is this fool trying to say? Like, why can't you just come up on normal comms? Like, what is wrong? With <laughs> um, they're so calm. You know why? It's not their emergency. That's yeah, why. That's why they're so up calm. There. It was my emergency, which I panic when I shouldn't have. Exactly. Um, well, it was it was controlled panic because I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't think through the problem and rotate the other radio and be up on comms. Um, they came back across the net. I'm, I mean, I'm calling Danger Close. Charlie Bravo is the initials, and uh, they came across the net. They're like, "Hey." We got to wait till we're on your backside. And I was like, why? That's stupid. I need rounds now. He's like, because if I shoot now, those rounds are going to skip down the mountain into friendlies versus if on the backside of you, I'm shoot, we're shooting into the enemy and those rounds are skipping up the mountain. I'm like, makes perfect sense. Thank you. No, it makes perfect sense. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. That's good input. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't shoot in front of me then. Thanks. Thank, gunship thank guy. You. Finally. Um, there, there, and I'd be remiss, man. Like the gunship crew was fucking amazing, man. Like those guys, um, and maybe gals on on board. Uh, those guys collectively, um, uh, they they were the they were the saviors of the of the of the of the fight. Not the not the guy on the ground, you know, not the J Tech on the ground with the soft force. And um, as I'm holding my wires together, they put the first rounds of this is a U an old a U boat uh, AC one thirty U. They put twenty five millimeter down within 15 meters of us, which is like, I guess at the time was like unheard of. Um, and as they... Wait, did they mean to do that? Or did, did it just land 15 meters from you? <laughs> I requested 25 millimeter because 40 millimeter would have put us in the frag pattern. So it's kind of yeah. a wing and air. You know, and to be honest with you, Trent, it didn't fucking matter, dude, because like we're literally getting shot the shit up, you know? Yeah. And, and before they employed, I looked at the neighbors. So we had this, the, the, the CST gal who we talked about earlier. We had a tactical psyops guy. All these enablers that are part of the package, and they're they're kind of um, they didn't know what to do. They I think this is probably most of most of them, most of them was their first uh, instance of being in a firefight, and um, and nothing against them. It is what it is, right? And and I took control of them, and I grabbed them by the scruff of the back of their neck, and I was like, put them in the prone. I was like, point your M4 over there. If anything moves over there. Just fucking shoot. Like, that's all you need to do. Like, don't get up until I tell you to. And Carmen is, like, trying to monitor the battle. It's, like, doing his thing. And, and these rounds, like, smack the earth. And I was like, holy shit, man. Because it was dust, um, gunpowder, sticks, and deciduous trees just exploding in front of you. Um, and your visibility was zero at night under NVGs. And I'm just kind of like... That's what we need. I need more of that. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> what you're doing. And about this time, I'm trying to coordinate a little bit with with the ground force coming with Carmen Bucci, and um, he's kind of he's, he's he he knows what's going on. He's a little bit disoriented. He's trying to figure out where the front line traces where his four, most forward troops are up the mountain. And these two dudes, these two guys, come running down the mountain and they're shooting at us with M4s. I could, I man, I, it's I felt like I could see them in daytime. I saw them in, in under under my NVGs, and I had the little orange um, filters on there, so they were kind of orange, or the light around me was the enemy light around me was a kind of orange color, and uh, I kind of got in front of them, and I well, I did, I got in front of them, I kind of pushed them down, and I and I picked up my M4 and I and I smoked those two dudes coming down the mountain, and he looked at me, and he's like, "What are you shooting at, man?" And I'm like, "Those two dudes are about to kill you." He said, "Oh," <laughs> and I was like, "We continued with the engagement." And he was in the prone. I was standing up to make sure those rounds were hitting where they were. I wanted them to hit, right? And he, we continued the engagement. And he, and he, I remember Carmen was laying on the ground of the prone with his hands over his helmet. And, he, and he's screaming um, my call sign at the time, which under the new guys, I, I won't say it on the air. But he's like, so-and-so, you know, call sign. What the fuck are you doing? Um, verbatim. And he's screaming it with over the Gunship engagements, PKM shooting up, popping off. I said us for the high. You know, people run down the mountain at us and everything else. And I and I, and I just like I just I, I had this moment. Where I was like, I've got to I've got to make sure he's sure. I got to make sure he's he knows he's okay. Yeah, he that he can command. And I was I just looked at him. I got down on one knee. And I was like, Hey, sir, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Just remember, 
you're with the best. And we pounded each other, right? <laughs> and, uh, and about that time, Golly. yeah, he's, he's like, okay, man, just keep doing what you're doing, right? I'm like, I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing. It's, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to survive, dude. Um, and, um, um, and this guy walks past behind me from the neighbor section. And I looked over and I'm like, dude, where are you going? He's like, I'm the first sergeant. I go where I want. I'm like, carry on. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, right. <clears throat> All right, first sergeant. Have a good day. Billy Pulley, <laughs> great American, great ranger, army guy, like mad love for this dude, right? Um, I'll tell you a story about him here, here in a little bit. But I looked at the ground force commander. I was like, I've got to get up the mountainside and I got to get to the frontline trace. You know, and we had done several danger, many danger close missions with 25 millimeters at that point. And he's like, mm-hmm. So you, I started going up this mountain and, and you're literally hand, you're on your hands and knees trying to climb this mountain and it's sandy and it's shale and it's nighttime and it fucking sucks. Meanwhile, I've been trying to pass the gunship off to the FO, to the Ford observer. Mm-hmm. Anything from him. Cause he was, he was much passive off for the frontline trace because he was, he was supposed to be closer than I was. Could never get him on the radio as I'm clam- clamming up this mountainside. I ran into him. Um, I was like, dude, like, why are you not answering your radio? And I got no response from him. He was just sitting, sitting on his butt, knees up into his chest, kind of rocking back and forth with his M4 kind of between his chest and his, and his, and his, and his thighs with no response. Like, you know, an E3, a private, private first class in the army, like no response. And man, I got to tell you guys, man, I was pissed. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, why are you not responsive? But then again, mm-hmm. folks are different folks, right? And we can talk about the science of all that stuff till we're blue in the face. But I was like, oh, whatever, man. Like, this guy's worthless. I got to get up the mountain. And, and he's not worthless, man. Like, some people are cut up for it. Some people aren't, you know, and God bless them. Um, but in the moment of, of a significant emotional event, you're like kind of WTF, dude. Did, like, so did he get it together? Sometimes those people just need, you know, just like, you know, Carmine did, or uh, I'm sorry, what was it? What was his first name? Uh, Carmen. Carmen. Other, yeah, Carmen. Just like Carmen did, he just might need, like, snapped out of that of that moment. Like, did your forward observer ever snap out of that moment and reorient, or was he just done? As a matter of fact, I believe he was sent home not too long after when we exited. Wow. I don't know, the, the following day. Wow. Very delight. But I get up the mountain, and, and I ran into... Uh, a guy named um, Danny. Another, like, man, I I can't think of a ranger who I would want to, you know, MF. You know, like, these guys, I love them. I love them all. And uh, mm-hmm. Danny, and I'm like, what's going on? And meanwhile, I'm still using the gunship. And now I've, I've kind of graduated to 40 millimeters, kind of expanded that footprint, you know, and now we're not, like, on top of each other, shooting at each other. And I said, what are you guys doing? And he's like, um... There's a couple bad guys inside that tree line in a, in a machine gun nest, and they're and it's hardened. Um, so we're just trying to figure out how to get them out of there. And they were way too close for gunship. And we're standing there in in the open. It's not it's nighttime, so they can't really see us per se. But we're standing there in the open, and I, I was like, "Huh?" And I was kind of like, "Well, what are you guys gonna do about it?" He's like, <laughs> "What? A, what a good looking question." <laughs> we're, we're, we're 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 talking through it. I'm like. I didn't have any grenades on me. I didn't have any frags. I'm like, you got a grenade on you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, let me see it. So he has me this grenade, pull the pin, pop the spoon, throw it in that freaking machine gun nest inside the tree line. It goes off. I walk in there and I shot, and I pop two dudes in the head. <laughs> like, these guys are like, what the fuck, Air Force? Like, why is the Air Force guy doing this? And I'm like, that's a great question. Why is the Air Force doing this? <laughs> You know, I have other things to do. Yeah, uh, I could be doing other stuff. Like, I don't need these additional duties of machine gun nest like, clearing. I'm gonna have fun, but I would much rather be playing Scrabble back at the fob right now. Um, <laughs> I'd love to be the fires tech P. It would be great, but I'm not. I'm not sitting at the fires desk guy. And now I'm out here doing your job. Can we get somebody up here, please? it up. Yeah. So that happened. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, I'm pretty proud of that as an Air Force guy chucking a grenade in combat. Like, how many of us? Uh right not very many right it's freaking cool <laughs> so um i i took care of that of course as soon as i did that i came out of that you know the, the the young ranger privates and specialists they just opened up with their whatever weapons and just like shot a bunch of dead people and um and i and i, I was smart enough to know that 
it's nighttime, we're engaging. Um, chances are really, really high that some of these guys, have pro bad guys, have probably run off the target through the woods, um, whatever be the case. And, and Carmen Bucci came up on the on the command. I fixed my radio. Um, didn't really fix it. I, I switched it over. Uh, the ground force commander, Carmen, and I had, had talked about it briefly before I climbed that mountain. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be on the fire's net. Please, he, he, his, his two radios were still good. So he, he, he went over the fire's net, and that's how him and I would communicate uh, with the ground force commander. In order to just get through the through 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 that kind of um, event, if you will, he comes up on my net and he says, "Hey, man, I need you to come to me." And I said, "I don't know where you are." He's like, "You <laughs> M two forty nine the saw?" I'm like, "Yes, I hear that off in the distance." He's like, "That's where I'm at. Come this way." I'm like, "Okay." And then, like, I had this moment of clarity where I'm like. I could walk over there. I could walk through through the forest and go try to find him at night under nods during a firefight. Or I could stay here surrounded with another 20 dudes. And then when we figure out what, what's really going on, I can go link up with him. Because I'm thinking to myself, I can walk through the woods to his location. It sounded, I don't know how far he was, man, but it seemed like it was like 200 plus meters away. Uh, and mm -hmm. But if I did that, I could easily get rolled up out here in the middle of the woods, and then I'm going to have my head cut off on YouTube. I was like, um, I came up back on the net. I was like, hey, dude, um, I think I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to pass. Yeah, man. Surrounded by. <laughs> we'll link up later. You know, 20, 30 Army Rangers. Um, and I'm, I'm very comfortable. Like, this is okay with me, you know? Um, and that's what that's what I did, and I linked up with him a little bit later. And but but he was just like, as a ground force commander, like the relationship you want with your GFC if you're the fires guy, man, is that one where he's just like we talked about it in episode one with with uh, Dave Doyle, who's my company commander, Haditha back in '03, and this is '09, so fast forward six years, right? Where he's just like, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. I trust you. Um, and that's the most important thing is 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 trust in that freedom maneuver on the battlefield in order to because man we collectively everybody on this sitting right here now um, Aaron Trent Peaches myself like we collectively want every good guy to return home right like that's what we want to do and, and anybody who says otherwise is well number one they're lying and number two they're just an idiot or or they're a sociopath like I want everybody to go home to mama. I want everybody to go home to junior. I want everybody to go home to 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 dad or whatever that looks like. And that's what we did that night. And that's what we did. You know, as we transitioned from that period of darkness into the period of daylight, you we were walking around um we were blown in places, weapons caches and tents and you know it's a, it's a terror training camp up there that we stumbled upon. And uh, I had Apaches on station. They're just, it's daytime, so they're just kind of flying around. I'm not doing a whole lot. Um, the firefight is done. It's over. Um, poor Lauren, Lauren Bell, the guy, the other tech he on, uh, with the with his comp with his uh, platoon that was in the lower ground. The way they inserted, they actually probably did it right because I think I passed him passed him the gunship one time that night, and he did a quick 105 round on some dude that was like trying to hide in a tree. And then he passed it back to me, and that, that's all. Like his night was fairly boring. Like he sat up there, he sat there and just watched this fight go down on the ridge line up there. And uh, just pissed. <laughs> well, just mad, just know, mad the whole time. It's boring, man. He got he got plenty of his own gun time later on down the road, right? <laughs> but I remember I had the patches on stage, so just flying around, like doing their thing. And then um, my Alo, um, great guy, uh, recently retired, a guy named Jim Lurk, um, who I love to death. He hits me up. I, I'm sitting next to, the, to to Karma Bucci, the ground force commander, and his radio guy. And the radio guy, Collins, radio looks guy at me and Collins. says, "Hey, Sergeant. Hey, Sergeant. Uh, wants to talk to you on Sat." I'm like, "Okay." So I plugged plugged into his. I'm like, "Go for striker." And this is on Sat. He's like, "He's like, hey, I need you to work an extension with the Apaches." Um, and it, I don't know why, man. It just, it really kind of irked me. I'm like. You're the fucking Elo, like do your job. Um, mm -hmm. I'm like, literally, the Apaches are flying from the battle space hunter who's on the same fob as we were. Like, why can't you pick up the phone and call them and extend it? And I was like, 
Poppy Hall, please do that for me. Call the BSO and, you know, things I just talked about. Um, a couple minutes go by. Hey, Sergeant, the ALO wants to talk to you. I'm like, God damn. I plugged in. I'm like, go for strike. Whatever. He's like, um, hey, I'm going to need you to ask the Apaches to extend. And I didn't really think of the repercussions and who was listening to this. This is like the entire task force sat net, right? Satellite yeah. net. And I'm like, hey, man, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to need you to pick up the phone. I'm going to need you to call the battle space hunter, probably the S3 air, and request an extension from the commercial guys. If you could do that for me, that would be great. <laughs> and I don't hear anything back, so I just unplug and I'm like, whatever. Hey, sir. Get along with my life. Hey, sir. Major so wants to talk to you. I'm like, the strike force commander. I'm like, that plug in. And I'm like, yep. He's like, hey, Request the extension. That's all we're going to talk about. Get it done. Um, and we'll talk about this when you get home. Out. I'm like, shit. Okay. So I never did that. I, like, fucking work it. Um, I'm, I was so mad. <laughs> I and, and, never and, did like, that. Like, I spent all night fighting, man. Like, I spent all night in this significant emotional event, man. And you're going to ask me, like, why can't you do, why can't you do that simple task? Like, why can't you do that? And in, in his defense, it wasn't that big of a deal. I was already in comms with those guys. It would have been an easy thing to do. You know, um, and, and it's something I could have easily just done. But on principle, I was being stubborn. Like, I don't know what my problem was. Um, so when we, after we, we pretty much killed everybody in that training camp, um, blew up all their shit. Um, it was a great night. It was a fun night. It was an emotional night. It was everything you could think of of, of, of of the OK Corral, right? Like, what a time to be alive. You know, and when we exfilled, I got back to the FOB. I got back to Salerno. It was daytime. Got off the helicopter, walked back to the compound, walked into the assault dock where we worked at, put my kid away in the cubby, and I'm like, I need to go into the, to the jock because I'm going to have to probably answer some questions. <laughs> so I walked into the jock and the strike force commander, Colonel Tobin Magsig, he's actually a super guy. Um, really great guy. I walked in there, he's like, Hey TC, can I can I talk to you in the VTC room? And I said <laughs> and I, I kind of figured that this was gonna happen. I just knew and like let's just go get it over with, right? So we walk into the VTC room and he's like He's like, hey, man, and, and God bless him. Like, the way he approached me is like he understood, and, and rightfully so as a strike force commander, that we had just been through something significant. And and it's probably not a time to be like, lock it up, fucker, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do, right? He was kind of like, he's like, hey, man, um, hey, dude, look, listen, TZ, like, you cannot talk to us that way on the radio. And he says, <laughs> I know, I know you guys had a time last night. He's like, and I recognize that. He's, I'm like, but he's like, I cannot have you talking to me like that on the radio or to, to Captain Lurk. And I, you know, I was like, I was a tech star at the time. I was like, sir, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. You are absolutely correct. He's like, he's like, well, I'm just telling you if you, if you talk to us like that again, I'm gonna have to send you home. And I, and, I, and, and that kind of irked me a little bit. And I just looked at him. I was like, well, sir, I'm on my 13th rotation. I'm sure the wife would love it. If you would send me home. <laughs> and, like, Oh, we're done here. Just, just, just be nice. And I'm like, Roger that, you know, and we were fine and we were fine. But you know, that's, that's the thing is like that, that, that same rotation, I think is the one, um, I had called back to the rear to my commander at the time. And, um, when we talk about combat stress, we talk about PTS, we talk about all that stuff that coincides with deployments. And I've, I've mature enough to now to know it and, and to understand like, just because you're not getting shot at doesn't mean the deployment doesn't wear on you, um, especially time and time and time and time again, you know, back to back to back. And so, I, you know, I'm talking to the commander, and uh, he's like, how's it going? It's going great, doing these things. And he says, what do you need from me? And I was like, I need a break. And and I talk about this stuff, and when I do my um, uh, resiliency testimonials in front of people, I, and, and he's like, what do you mean you need a break? I was like, I need to take a knee. Like, I can't keep doing this. 
He's like, well, we're, we're doing some things on the squad, and we're building these these different programs, and maybe down the road we can get you out of the rotations. And, and he's like, he's like, but but Tommy, what I need from you, I just I need one more. And guys, and I know some of you can relate, and 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 maybe some of the people listening to this that kind of lived our life in in some way, shape, or form, like. Every time I asked to take a knee, it was it always came back to like just give me one more, just give me one more. There's always one more. There's always one more. It's, you know what? Like I, I, I recently I keep hammering. There's one guy at my unit, and he keeps showing up, and he's always in civilian clothes. And finally, I look at him the other day. I was like, "Hey, I got to be a Bob on this one. Where's your uniform?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, man, I'm actually on leave today. I just came in because there's a bunch of. I was like, get out of this squadron right now." Like we have joked peaches and I back in the days of, you know, England and, you know, late, you know, 2000s, you know, 2008, 2009 CTO was the joke. It was like CTO means come to office and get your work done Yeah. after a long trip, you know, and you will run and run and run and no one will let you take a knee unless you really like, no kidding. And it's gotten to the point now where I look at the guy and I was like, get out of the unit. You're either here and you're working or you're out on leave and you're getting that time back that we said we were going to give you. You can't, you, you got to do me a favor and help us protect that. I'm like, if you're not at work, don't be at work. Don't come in on leave. And I've done it. Aaron, I've done it. And thank you for that. Because that is, I think collectively all of us as military leaders, like we struggle with that, with our, with our, with the dudes and the guys and gals underneath us. Like, why would you take leave and take your laptop? Well, that's just dumb. You know, you're not that. I got mine right here. I got it right here, baby. I can go get it right now. You, you are know so what's dumb, up. Aaron. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I've never learned. And I'm not saying I've ever figured it out. My work-life balance, terrible. <laughs> it's awful. Well, I mean, things are really, really efficient because I clear all my e- emails out whether I ask them or not. But anyway. Nice. So fast forward. <laughs> if they need you, they'll call you. You know, what's the funny, funny thing is, like, I, several years removed, I ended up in Hawaii at the 25th Air Support Operations Squadron out there supporting the Conventional Army. And I was an E-8 at the time, and my commander, who told me to give me one more over and over and over again, was had retired. He was in Hawaii, and he hits me up. He's like, hey, man, let's grab a beer or whatever. I'm like, cool, let's grab a beer. So we went down to the Windward Bar there at Whole Foods in, in uh, Kailua on Oahu. My wife was with me, and... Uh, um, I don't go far without Kathy. Um, I just don't. She's my, um, she's probably a little more of a crutch than she deserves to be, but she provides me a certain level of comfort in public places. Um, that's in my mind is not necessary, but in the normal, in a normal people's life, it's it is in my mind it is necessary, but in a normal people's life, it's, she's not, it's not necessary. I don't like to go far without her. Um, so she goes with me and we have a beer and we're talking and we get done with this beer, and I'm thinking to myself this whole time, talking to him, like, why am I, why am I, why am I even talking to this guy? Like, I didn't like him as a commander. He's a, he's a good person. He's he's a great American. He's a patriot, man. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm just like, why am I having a beer with this guy? Like, he caused me more uh, mental trauma than he probably could even understand just by saying one more, you know. And so, um, we get we get at the tail end of our beer. He's he's like. He said, like, hey, man, it was great seeing you, man. Like, we should totally do this again. And I was just like, no. <laughs> like, we're not going to do this again. Of course, Kathy's like, I mean, she's kind of mortified. She's like, oh, my God, like, what are you about to do? Uh, he's like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, I asked you to take a knee. Um, so many of us asked to take a knee, but it was just one more because you never walked them out in our shoes. Like you went on your battlefield rotations with the with the regimental commander on the army side and did those things. I'm, I'm like, you understood it, but you never lived it. Like when we asked for one more, like give us, give us. A, when we asked for a timeout, like give us a timeout. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I just looked at him and was like, we're not going to do this again. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we're not going to have a beer again. I don't care if I really if I ever talk to you again, and I'm okay with that. Um, and to me, that was a moment where it's like. Um, uh, it was a needed moment for me just to say, no, dude, we're not friends, you know, retired or not. Yeah. Um, and, but again, with that portion of the story of who Tom case is like, that doesn't denigrate or, or take away who he is as an American. Like I recognize that. Um, but I don't have to be friends with everybody. You know what I mean? But going back to, to Oh nine, we got ready to, uh, and, and man, that, that rotation just in itself, 
Um, um, I'm probably going to get in trouble here, but uh, that was Objective McKinley, and that's what I named my dog after um, is McKinley. And, you know, and it's kind of like, if you know, you know moments. And I've had several Ranger buddies that have been like, oh my God, you named your dog after the, the thing we did? <laughs> yeah, because cause McKinley, you know, we were up last night partying with the neighbors. Um, so she's still in bed with mom. Um, I picked her up last time. But um, uh, that dog has probably saved me more than she could, she would ever really, really know mentally. But on that same note, um, the first one I referenced who was walking up behind us, I'm like, where the fuck are you going? He's like, I'm the first one. I go where I want. I'm like, watch that first start, you know, um, we're, we're packing up. We just cleared customs out of Salerno. We're going to take a C-17 out of Salerno, which was the first. I was like, this is awesome. And, and head, and head home back to the States. And, uh, he walked up to me. He's like, Hey TC. I'm like, Hey shirt. Um, Billy Pulley, that such a, such a good dude. And he's just like, Hey man, you outrangered every ranger this entire rotation. He's like, you're Get it. guy. And and he's like, I just want you to know that I appreciate you. And man, medals aside, like take everything off of our chest, right? Like just him saying that was more rewarding from an army guy talking to the guy who's aligned to an army unit. And to say those things was like to me that was super important. You know, and to me that was a uh a way to express to my dudes, to my Air Force guys, like it's important that you outrange the Rangers. It's important that you out army the army. It's important that you out seal the seals. Um, because when we do that and we apply our, our tactical prowess, you know, like peaches is a patch. I know you love that word, our tactical prowess. Um, um, and how we do business and what we do for a living. Like, man, we're not in it to go out there and just, shoot people in the face, man. Like what we do, regardless of what your one Zulu specialty is in special warfare, like what we do is like, we literally save lives. You know, sometimes we save lives by taking lives. Most of the times that's what we do is at, on the JTAC side. We've saved lives by taking lives, you know, and, and, and that same story and peaches and I were talking about this the other day um, is the fact that I think the air force collectively has forgotten as, as an enterprise, not everybody that our responsibility and our job is to kill people, you know, and that was, we're in the business of war fighting. We, we just had this talk. Uh, and that's a, that's a thing that, you, you know, know, that's what we're here to do. I remember when I was at NCOA, non-commissioned officers Academy, at Heisen McGee in 2010 with a tech sergeant was literally like the instructors, like you are in combat arms. I was like, Holy shit. I'm they're ten They'll tell me this at professional military education on the air force side. Like, <laughs> all right. You know, like we're in combat arms. And all right. People in, in, and, you know, and I, and I try to relay that all the way up to my, my, my admin troop sitting at the front of the group there where I work at. Like, you guys realize you're in the business of killing people. You may not be pulling the trigger, but you're a neighbor to that. Um, mm -hmm. And trying to get these people to understand, like, the Air Force is a great job. It's a cush job at the end of the day. It's a good paycheck. It's great benefits, like all these things. But we just need to be reminded on occasion, like, yeah, man, that's nice. And I'm glad you got this great insurance plan. and. I'm glad you're doing like cool, cool stuff. But at the end of the day, you're kill people. Uh, whether you're doing, it takes one. To, it takes one to seventeen people to deploy one individual. So it's not just the operator going downrange. There's a whole team behind them that gets them downrange, and they're part of that kill chain. And you know, and that's important for me to be reminded of, and it's important for me to remind people of. Um, that's kind of what we do. So in a nutshell, um, objective McKinley up at ten thousand five hundred feet. Um, it fucking sucked. Um, it was one of the best times of my life and one of the worst times of my life. Um, I carry some of those scars today, especially with the give me one more um, conversation that it coincided with that same rotation. Um, you know, when, when and all you guys know Rob Gutierrez, um, Air Force Cross, Combat Controller, great guy. Um, I was inducted back in 2019, summer of 2019 into the Gathering of Eagles, and it's the Air Force's, uh, kind of their Air Power Hall of Fame, if you will, so I got my little litho up there next to some guy named Neil Armstrong. Might, you may have heard of him, right? I have, yeah. Neil Neil Armstrong, and yeah. you know what? If you take Neil A, and you yeah. put it backwards, that spells yeah. alien. No big deal. <laughs> so, and, and... He was a bus driver, right? <laughs> he was a bus driver. Right, yeah. <laughs> in awe of understand of, of, of me thinking about it on the case. Like I'm on the wall next to that guy. Like that's impressive. Right. 
and it's, and it's true. Like we, we walked amongst giants, you know, and, um, became really, really good friends out there at Gathering of Eagles with a guy named, um, Don Beasley. You may have heard of him, but he's kind of like the godfather of modern day PJ. Um, mm -hmm. he's in his eighties. He's my big brother. Um, him and his wife and his family, uh, his, his kids, his daughter, Robin, um, just amazing guys. Like he, he's the guy that invented listen guy. Back in the day, the flotation devices, when the capsules come back down from space and they hit the ocean, that the water initiates the flotation devices. Like, he's the guy that rode around and chased Ross Pro Jr. when he flew around the world and set a world record for flying around the world in a helicopter. He, he chased him in a C-130 as a, as a pararescue guy. Like, he's the guy that was part of Sante, like, all these things. Like, the dude's a giant, and he, and he is. He's like 6'8". He's an amazing guy. Um, so we, we go out there to this gathering of eagle things, and I'm there with him. Um, uh, uh, Mary Tengestall, the first African American YouTube pilot, uh, female. So, not only was she African American, which well, she is, but she's also a female and she's the pilot of this YouTube. You know, I was there with, um, uh, a couple other guys, a guy who spent eight and a half years in the Hanoi Hilton, um, F4 dry or um, probably just before the F4 shot down early in the war in, in, in Vietnam and didn't see his son until he was eight and a half years old. Um, when he left, wow. pregnant. Um, to all the, you know, to, to, uh, to these guys that who've been to space, like an astronaut, um, general Chilton who went to space and came back and still commanded an air force, air force, air, air force units as, as a commander, which is unheard of, you know, but when I was out there for this thing, they're like, hey, can you go to the CRCO Academy and talk, do your resilience thing? So like, yeah, well, I can do that. And my mom and dad, they're my, you know, mom and dad are like, oh my gosh, Tom is doing this gathering of real things. Like, we got to be there. I'm like, and God bless. I'm like, let's go. You know, my wife came out with me, of course, and the Air Force paid for her. So I go out there and I give this resiliency speech. I talked about one more. I talked about some other things. I talked about my divorce from my first wife. I talked about being a father. I talked about all these things that, uh, you know, it's one of those testimonies that I give where you show yourself as very vulnerable, right? And, and people look at you like, oh, he's just not some beret wearer, like, hardened badass dude. Like, he's a normal person. Like, he has feelings. And sometimes they, he might want to cry, you know? And that's okay. Aw. Yeah. That is okay. You're in a safe space here. I don't know if you want to do it on the podcast, but... Aaron, I don't cry. I'm just saying. <laughs> my... Just single freedom tears. Just single just... bits of freedom um, escape your face. So I sit there in front of these, like, I don't know, 150, 200 senior NCOs that are at Senior NCO Academy there at, um, in Alabama. And I give this thing... And then I, I get done with it and I walk to the back of the room and people are coming by and they're kind of shaking my hand and freaking Guterres comes up to me. I didn't even know he was in the class and he's like, Hey man, I'm really TC. I'm glad you did that. I'm like, damn it. Why are you in this class? Like, I can't be what? like out of all the people I could be given this talk to like, why did you who got shot in the chest control cast and did your thing and got an air force guys? Like, why did you have to be here, man? Like, <laughs> so small right now. like why are you here? Why did you have to be here? I'm like, this was my coming out party. I'm cute. Like, I'm like, this is your fault. This is your fault. You know? And, uh, he's like, he's like, no dude. It's, he's like, it's totally cool. It's like, he's like, I'm a student here with, and these are my peers and they know who I am. They know I'm like we put our blues on whatever day we put our blues on. They see the they see the chest style. They know who I am. He's like, but they can't hear it just from me. They have to hear it from others too, and that's what you did. And he so he so so God bless Rob, man. Like he put me at ease because I felt about I don't know this big give or take of having to give this resiliency speech in front of a guy who's pretty fucking resilient. You know what I mean? <laughs> like telling and and I'm telling Rob Gutierrez of all people to be more resilient. You know of all people and. um well, I guess I guess I'd say it's a good thing that you saw him afterwards instead of beforehand. Oh, instead of beforehand, right? Yeah, because you would just been like, "Dude, get up here! Come on, like, just come tell the story." Yeah, if I if I would know him in the audience, I'm like, "Can I get the uh, CMS Sergeant Rob Terrace up here, please? Uh, tell your story. <laughs> please take the limelight away from me because I, you know, that's the thing. Is like I'm really really good at public speaking, but that doesn't mean I'm comfortable doing it. And then to your point, Peach is like, I'm so glad. Like he's like, "Hey, I'm here." Thanks for saying what you said. It's important that you said what you said. Like, like I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, man, I really hope Rob's not giving me lip service because the first time I met him was here at Nellis and we were up working the 70 series ranges after he had recovered uh, and high five at each other. You know what I mean? So <laughs> after, after his, after his story, um, 
But yeah, man, like yeah. like uh, um, we talk about these stories. We go through this process. We talk about one more. We talk about all these things. Like, dude, like such an amazing twenty five years I've had. Such just like it's so cliche. And I probably said it in part one. Like it's so cliche where we talk about like for every bad day I've had in the Air Force, for every bad day I've had in special warfare. Like I've had thirty good ones, man. You know, and it's been just phenomenal. It's been amazing. Like I can't understand. I can't say enough about my experiences. You know, and it's true what they say. Like Peaches, we're in the same Air Force, but my Air Force is different than your Air Force. And same thing with Trent. Same thing with Aaron. You know, but we serve the same master at the end of the day. And and um, literally, as I sit here and I applied for retirement on on, on Thursday. Of course, that's a whole different story. If I had to actually right. denied retirement to do a 30-day extension. Um, anyway, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, um, so, so Peaches, to you and the crew, man, thank, thanks for giving me this opportunity to tell that story on this podcast. I know you've got tons of followers who are going to listen to these things. And and it's such a great culmination of, of, of a career that I've had and the experiences that I've had and I've shared with others. And um, as we transition to this thing called retirement, you know, um, so yeah, man, it's been, uh, I've done, I've done a handful of podcasts. This is hands down been my, my favorite crew to work to do this with. Yeah. Well, man, well, we, you, we really appreciate that. And, yeah. and always you have an open invite to come on, especially and, and thinking about it, like, I mean, dude, we've been working together for, I mean, we've known each other for years now, but just at Nellis for the last, I don't know, three or four months, as long as I've been here, but I honestly, I wasn't tracking that you had a, a kind of lecture series that is based in resiliency. And I, you know, in a, in a world that is, um, filled with a bunch of bullshit, yeah. like, like now, you know, and, and what we've done the last two years, um, and what we've put our kids through, I think the whole resiliency thing is important. You know, we've had, Kate Gladden on to talk about resiliency from a, from a teenage perspective um, and, and adult really. But I think it would be cool to have you come on and do, a, you know, your resiliency spiel, because I think that a lot of folks out there would benefit from it. So well, to, um, shit, I would cry on tape here, but, um, but I'm okay with that because um, I've got my receipts, man. You know, I've got the receipts to back it up. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Dude, for sure. Totally. Talking about the kids, kids resiliency, man. Like that's so, like my oldest son, um, he's 25. We have a relationship, but it's kind of kind of icy. All my time away from home and all my time of asking for a knee and always being told to give one more has probably affected him more than the other two kids at the house at the time. You know, like we talked oh, without a doubt. You, you talked about, you know, a, a resiliency from a kid standpoint, like, I would love to hear it because I, we spend so much time as military members talking about our religion and how, like, look how well put together I am. I'm amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like, sign my book deal like today, but we never really, um, that's a good point, man. Like as a Tacky Association president, I should probably pay a little more attention to that. So that's a great reminder. Nope. It's valid. And I think right there, TC is a, a good spot to, to wrap it up yep. because we're, we're sitting at about an hour now and, and I don't want to get into any other topics that, to, that would take away from when we have you on for a third time. For a third so, time. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it. But again, uh, like, so thanks for coming on. Thank you for telling your story. And then at the same time, like, obviously, thanks for the support and the kind words and stuff like that. But, um, congratulations. Uh, from the most sincere place I can come, congratulations on uh, applying for retirement. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I am looking forward to, to kind of this next year walking with you through that retirement process and, and however we can help. And I know like I say, we can help because you know, Oh yeah, we have so many contacts when you're already in, you know, you've already got people, to include yourself and Ed Priest and folks like that looking out for you, you're going to be all right. But uh, if there's ever anything that we can do to help that, uh, we absolutely will. So all, for everybody that's out there, what's that? And all the branch goes both ways. And you know, yeah, man. here with me in Vegas, dude, I expect to see you watching me be a blubbering mess up there on stage here in the next few months. <laughs> oh, boy, I can't imagine. As soon as I say Kathy's, I'm going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> nice. <laughs> but awesome. For everybody that's out there listening, please like, subscribe, uh, hit that notification bell, leave us a review, and, uh, and then please join us again. Light up. Light up.